Hello, and welcome to the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 168 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. Today is an oddments episode which means I can uh, dot all around the map and visit lots and lots of different topics. For those of you new to the show, perhaps wondering what an oddments episode is, an oddments episode is where I touch on lots of little things that don't necessarily warrant their own episode and little things that I've been doing around the property here and get you guys all caught up with my journey. So there has been quite a lot happened since we last had Nodments and uh, it is all go here. It is, you know, full steam ahead with regards to spring. The goats are kidding. So we've got three female goats and they were all bred and we were expecting them any time from last Saturday onwards. Well, the first girl gave birth, I think, Tuesday. It could have been Wednesday, but I think Tuesday. And she gave birth to twins who are both healthy and just doing amazingly well. And Fern, who is our oldest goat, she's been suffering with some bow-leggedness. And we've had the vet out and we've had to splint up her leg. And we've been really desperate, really, for her to have her kids just so that she could lose some of the weight she's been carrying. And she's given birth literally 30 minutes before I'm recording this episode to triplets. And she is a fantastic mum and looking after them all really, really well. And uh, as soon as I finish recording, we'll be going back outside just to check they're all okay before I get to bed. This is going to be the fastest turnaround, I think, on a recording and releasing (laughs) that I've I've done. I am recording this as I speak. It is 6.45pm on Friday. I usually record these episodes a little bit in advance, but it's been just such a hectic week and I kind of left it to the last minute because I wanted to report on our kids on our baby goats and uh yeah so we're we're at two out of three now insofar as births we've got one more to go now last year the same three female goats the same three nannies each uh kidded and we had a total of four kids we're up to a total of five already and we've only had two of the three give birth so far so uh, who knows where we'll be by the end of next week anyway so that's that really exciting times and of course it means that goat's milk is just around the corner and we'll be milking our goats and hot on the heels of that will be cheese making and all the other home dairying that we do here so it's really 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 exciting so it's really great that fern has now had her kids and released some of that weight so it'll be interesting to see over the weekend how she's walking how she's doing it would be nice if we could think about well we'll have to change the dressing and her splint so that's another thing we've been up to 
we've been basically changing every, I would say, six days on average. So we've changed it twice so far since the vet's been her splint. And it's just a case of taking off the old covering and just making sure that it's all not rubbing and what have you underneath. Now, the bow leggedness, when the goat came, when the goat came, when the vet came, <laughs> the vet said that the... Uh, the bow-leggedness was nothing that she could really attribute to anything sinister, nothing we should think about as, you know, a symptom of something more problematic. It was probably just a combination of her age, her excess weight with the pregnancy, and also the hormones that their bodies kick out when pregnancy is approaching to just sort of loosen everything up and it's probably loosened up the ligaments in her leg and caused that little bit of bow leggedness and hopefully with this splint it'll allow it all to kind of recover a little bit and then after we take it off in another week or two when she's not been carrying quite so much weight hopefully it'll return to normal but if not at least it shouldn't get any worse that's the plan anyway so that's what we've been doing with the goats and then obviously lots of monitoring them for kids so yeah super 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 happy and really exciting times who doesn't love baby kid goats and if you go on youtube i've put a video up there on of the first kids that we had and you'll be able to see me there hooting and hollering like a five-year-old and I've literally just taken some footage which I haven't yet had a chance to do anything with but we've got some footage of the actual um, Ferns kids being born so I will be uploading that in due course as well. So that's the goats covered. That's where we are with the goats and the plan for them as we go forwards is obviously just we're going to make sure that we're feeding them really well. The goats, the kids are all going to be put up for sale, we think. Um, of course, things are subject to change, but that is the plan at the moment. And then, you know, the mums will be milked for the next maybe nine months or so. And then we'll all go again. Oh, one last thing with the goats is Sid is now officially available for rent. He is on online on the pre-loved website where people can hire him out for his excellent stud services. And uh, I must update the advert after this because to give out twins and triplets uh, in the first two is you know a really good sign of his stock being able to uh, you know increase those numbers which is something that some people really seek out in you know studs it's certainly a bonus particularly if you're breeding for meat it's less of a less of an import if you are purely breeding for the milk but of course even the kids, you know, they have a value, whatever you're doing with them, even if you're selling them. So, uh, yeah, no more, just more good news after good news there with that goat, Sid. He's uh, he's doing really well and uh, he's uh, done himself proud here with this round of kids. So it'll be great when we can start actually studying him out. We've not had any inquiries yet, but he's only been up for a couple of days because it's taken me a little while because we had to get what's called a CAE test. It's uh, caprine arthritis encephalitis, I think. It's something like that, but it's CAE. It's a wasting disease that causes all sorts of joint problems and can cause really hard udders. And it's fairly prevalent. It's in sort of 5%, I think, of goat herds. And um, 
Of course, we're going to say that if Sid is going to act as a stud to your girls, you will need an up-to-date CAE certificate to make sure that we don't bring it back here to our herd. And of course, we couldn't really very well ask that of someone if we didn't have an up-to-date CAE certificate as well. So we've had him tested. He's had some blood taken and he's had that checked and he is all clear, which is fantastic news. I mean, we already knew it, but um, it's nice to have that certificate so that he is all ready to go. So it took me a little while to get that all organised. Final little bit of goat news is we'll be doing our vaccinations in about four weeks as well. So we use Heptivax and because I'm a little bit out of sync with my regular routine, usually we would just use a booster every year. I'm a little bit out of sync with that, but because of that, it means I'm going to basically deliver two shots this year, about five weeks apart to our whole herd. And we'll be doing that when the kids are about four or five weeks old. That's when they're old enough to get their first shots. So, that is you properly up to speed with the goats. I can't think of anything else to share with you except that I am going to be doing a few episodes coming up on goats. We're going to be talking about, you know, if you want to get a goat, where do you start? We're going to be talking about some real beginner stuff and talk about different breeds, etc, etc. So... That's going to be coming up in the next few weeks. So if you're worried that I skipped over something there and it was something you wanted to know a little bit more about, then fear not, dear listener, because I will be covering this ground in much more detail in the coming episodes. You can find Self-Sufficient Hub content elsewhere online in lots of other places. We have a YouTube channel, we also have our website, and now there's our Facebook page and Facebook group. Links to all of these you can find in the show notes. Come check us out. So in the last few weeks since we spoke, I've been up to quite a few other things as well. We've built our, or started building our compost bins. We've got some pallets back along and we've started building a bank of compost bins. I think I'm going to want about seven all in a row. And I've placed them near our vegetable bed, which is obviously the best place for them. The idea being I want to be able to produce a good two to two and a half tons of manure every year and they're going to be a huge part of being able to do that now so far the the row is about four beds deep I think and I made a YouTube video which included this in it and hopefully I'll have that finished in the next few weeks because I've got access to lots and lots of horse manure a fair amount of which is well rotted and is almost there insofar as composting down. So we're going to mix that in with our other composting ingredients and hopefully I'm going to be able to get enough compost already for next year that I'm not going to have to buy any more in again. And we were kind of already there insofar as just ticking over, but where I've extended my bed and I'm I'm really ploughing full steam ahead into the whole 
you know, adding a lot of compost every year idea, the more, oh, I don't know what the right word is. You wouldn't really say traditional because it's quite a new phenomenon. But the whole no dig gardening phenomenon, I'm sort of moving more in the direction of Charles Dowding's teachings, having come to it from my own sort of tinkerings and then discovered that it was already a movement and there's a whole, you know, way of doing it. Um, so we were kind of just top dressing with all different types of mulches and I was using a no dig method that was a bit different. You know, I was kind of using a top dressed mulch, usually wood chip because I could get that for free. And then I was just planting within a pocket within that wood chip that I would put compost in, whereas I'm not wood chipping anymore, or at least that's the goal, if I can produce enough compost. And we will be putting sort of three or four inches of compost over the whole bed every year, which is a lot more than I've been using in the past. So, you know, I've got lots of plans in the works for how I'm going to achieve that and how I'm going to be able to get all my composting materials without having to, to buy any. And uh, hopefully that's all going to work out. But a big part of it is having this huge bank of composting bins. So they are up and running and or the first four are and I will finish them off as I come across the rest of my palettes. The other thing that we've got going on here uh, where everywhere you look is basically seeds germinating. We've got all sorts of uh, cauliflower and broccoli leeks all germinating all over the place we've got them in the front room we've got them uh, in the polytunnel and they're kind of gradually moving from the house to the polytunnel to the to the outside bed i will start planting a few things out i think possibly next week we'll see we'll see what the forecast looks like but certainly in the next two weeks i'll be starting to plant more and more things actually out into the ground and in the next two weeks we're going to be and starting this weekend we're just going to be sowing 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 we're going to be sowing so many seeds that can just sit in our polytunnel until you know they get a really nice head start in there and then we'll harden them off and put them out and there's you know I've been I've been pushing everyone to get stuff done early there is something to be said for having those plants that you know are already nicely established in the polytunnel before you put them out so we're going to have a mix of all those different types of crops this year we're going to have the ones that were put out early and had to struggle we're going to have the ones that were put out slightly early and we got away with it and we've got row covers that we've been using on things like our super early potatoes and then we've got things in the polytunnel so we're just doing everything this year and of course i'll report back on the results as we go Another piece of news, actually, that you guys may or may not already have. I received this from DEFRA in the last couple of hours, that the plans to lift the chicken lockdown are for the 31st of March. So the last day of March will be the last day of chicken lockdown here in the UK. Hooray! We are certainly ecstatic about that and really happy to have the end in sight. I must say, I'm not going to go into it in a great lot of detail here, but I'm a little bit disappointed with DEFRA because I asked them a lot of really pertinent questions. And I think this, well, in fact, this will definitely be its own episode because I think there's too much I've 
gained in terms of knowledge not to share it now. But I asked lots of really, really incisive questions about the chicken lockdown, about, you know, I know that no one knew when it was going to end. DEFRA didn't know when it was going to end. But I was asking lots of, I believe, pertinent questions about what metrics they were using to govern that decision, about the transmission of bird flu among our native wild birds. You know, once it's here, why would it then go away with the migratory birds, etc., etc. Lots of things that I just felt weren't really well understood in the public domain. And I looked at, you know, all the information that was already on their website, which was good. But it, it there were a lot of holes, I believed, in the actual information that was made readily available to the public. And I uh, fought with them for over a month, going backwards and forwards with these questions, trying to get some answers. And they finally sent me these answers yesterday and I thought, fantastic, I will be able to produce a podcast and call it, you know, when when will the lo- avian influenza lockdown be lifted? And uh, we'd be talking about all these kinds of things and I'd make a YouTube video and, you know, help to disseminate this information. And they go and do it within 24 hours of them actually lifting the lockdown or, or, you know, announcing the lifting of the lockdown. So it's it's really frustrating that it took so long for them to get the answers to those questions. But anyway, the main point is that we are at the end and, you know, we've just got another couple of weeks to get through and then we can release our birds again. And I, oh God, I can't wait. It's going to be a great day. So, That is the birds, that's the chickens, we've covered the goats, we've talked about the avian influenza, we've talked about my compost bins and my seedlings, so what's next? Well, I found, and this isn't really homesteading news, this is more podcast news, I found actually a way to see your guys' amazing reviews that aren't in my geographical zone, so... You may have heard me mention in the podcast a few times that when you leave me a review, if it's left in the UK, I get to read it. But anywhere else in the world, I I don't. But I found a way that I can see them all. And uh, so I just thought I'd share a couple of them with you now. And I'll share a couple of them another time down the line to, uh, you know, get them all shared on the show. Because I've shared the ones that I could see in the past. But uh, people who leave reviews in places like America I just I've never been able to see it so we'll start with this one this one was left all the way back in April last year and it's from B Albert in America and it's called the the uh, review is titled a real treasure this is an excellent podcast each episode is chock full of useful info for anyone trying to gain more self-sufficiency Carl has opened up a new world of small homesteading that is accessible to anyone with a small backyard. Five stars. Well, thank you very much, B. Albert. Uh, The next one is again from America. And uh, this is making me blush a little bit because the title of this review is Amazing Host Voice. I would listen to you talk about the dictionary. I love the tomato plant episode. Please keep saying tomato. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. And that's from MMM, MMMK. And again, that is from an American listener. And then the final one I'm going to share with you now is titled Wealth of Knowledge. 
Luckily, I stumbled upon Carl's podcast and then YouTube channel as me and my wife are getting more and more into self-sufficiency lifestyle. We're moving into a six-acre farm within the next two months and getting all of our ideas for livestock and gardening together now. Carl's short and easy-to-digest podcasts are perfect to listen to while at work and full of great knowledge. We couldn't wait until we moved into our farm and went ahead and installed three raised beds at her parents' house using the no-dig method Carl talks about. Keep up the good work and thanks for all the food for thought. And that is from Bill and Michelle in Maryland, USA. And uh, I think I've spoke to you guys before, haven't I? So thank you so much, everyone who leaves a review. It really is fantastic. You know, it, it, it means the world to me that I've got such an amazing audience that want to go out of their way to try and help the show. So thanks again. And... That's it for this segment, but I've got some more news, uh, which I've, I'm really excited to share with you when we come back. It's really easy for you to get in touch with us. You can do it either by sending an email to selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or by using the link in the show notes to send us a voice message. You can send us a voice message just using your phone. You could also reach out to us on Facebook, where we have the Self-Sufficient Hub group and the Self-Sufficient Hub page. We're always thrilled to get your feedback, questions or suggestions for future topics on the show. So I was privileged enough to be invited to a place called Tinker's Bubble in Somerset. Now, Tinker's Bubble is a woodland community where they live off the land and they don't use any fossil fuels. They get all of their, you know, any electric that they use, which is very, very minimal, is from solar panels or turbines. They get all of their water from a spring on the land and they have a steam engine that they use to fire a timber mill. They do all their own timber milling and make all their own sort of materials for construction and they also sell a little bit of timber to make up the shortfall in what they can't produce themselves to eat and it's quite uncommon really for anyone to be invited in there and uh, they invited me so I could uh, share it really on the podcast so I recorded an interview while I was there and that will be coming out in the next couple of weeks I also did some recording and I've got a YouTube video again of that visit which will be released in the next couple of weeks but it was a real privileged and you know an opportunity a great opportunity to see how a, a, an entire community can work together and kind of live off the land it was a great day I really thoroughly enjoyed it and um super appreciative of the offer to have to have gone there and it, like I say, it's not something that just anyone gets to do, for sure. They have an open day once a year, but uh, to get the sort of guided tour that I got is quite a rarity. So I will just say thank you to Alex, who was the chap who, you know, met me there and, and walked me around. And he he said something, and I've, you know, written it down. I just want to share it with you now. And it's uh, just a lovely thing a food for thought and he said that 
he loves doing what he's doing and he feels that you know one of the one of the big bonuses of living off the land of producing your own food and working with nature and uh, i'm going to quote him now as he says that uh, because what we are dependent on becomes more visible to us and he immediately followed up by sort of explaining that he was talking about, you know, the soil and things like that. And and I just think that's such a lovely, lovely quote. When you're doing this kind of thing, what we are dependent on becomes more visible to us. And it just accentuate how accentuates how invisible a lot of these things are to so much of the population. Anyway, so that's uh, that's just about all I've got to say on that. But my really exciting news is what's going to be happening on Monday. And there is definitely going to be a YouTube video of this. And uh, that, uh, you know, this YouTube video is going to be a trial and error. Who knows how well I'm going to do. But on Monday, I'm taking down a part of a building. And within that building is a bee's nest, a honeybee's nest. So I'm going to get these wild bees into one of my hives. And I'm actually going to get them home sooner than my bees, the bees that I've owned for over a year, which is slightly ironic. But I'm a little bit daunted by the task of doing it. It's not something I've ever done before or even come close to having any experience with. But basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to take apart the roof of this building. I'm going to find the colony and hopefully we'll be able to take up, take out sort of the the sections of the comb with the colony and all of their stores and everything else in it and basically fit that into my beehive and uh, hopefully we'll get the queen across and they'll all use their pheromones to communicate with with one another and they'll all find their way into their new home which is going to be my hive which will then come onto my property so how that goes it sounds very simple in principle and uh, with zero experience and I've been unable to find an experienced person to come and help me because it's got to be done on Monday really because there's quite a tight schedule. This extension on the property that I'm taking down, there's another extension going up and there's a timber frame company coming to erect a timber frame and quite a tight schedule to get the old one down and the new foundations poured and what have you. So it does have to happen Monday and uh, yeah I've got no one to help me but I will have my camera I will be filming it and that will be going up on YouTube for better or for worse I will certainly be doing my best and uh, we'll just have to see how that goes so that's you guys all caught up with where we are what I've been up to what I've got planned the only thing I wanted to add is that since I've finished the Monday permaculture series I don't have any plans to start another series straight away because I have I just feel a little bit restricted on these Fridays at the moment I don't feel like I have enough Fridays in the month to share all the things I want to share so I'm going to steal a couple of Monday podcasts for my free range stuff so the next two or three Mondays are going to be on just individual topics they're not going to be part of a series we will carry on the Monday series is series is is that a word I'm not sure I'm guessing not <laughs> but we will carry on the Monday series but uh, for now it, they're going to be free range because 
there's there's like I say, there's lots and lots of little topics that I want to hit. And I just don't feel that I've got quite enough room with just one episode a week to get through them all. So there we are. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I will speak to you guys on Monday. If you find this podcast valuable, there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.